they're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hi. (laughs) I got to it before you did. Oh, you did. I faked you out. Wow, that was really good fake. That was a fakey fake. A fakey fake. A fakey fake. An Eric Franson. Hi, everybody. RJ Salveson alongside Eric Franson. You're on the full court press halfway through your week. It's a hump day. It's also an in-the-know day as we uh, get you ready for Utah State Aggies versus the Wyoming Cowboys Saturday afternoon. That's right, an afternoon football game. How about that? Weather does look good to go for us, which is a good thing for Jordan Love. 2 o'clock p.m., uh, you'll get your pregame right here or just on our sister station, 610 KVNU. Uh, with Al Lewis, Craig Hislop, Eric Franzen will be in the house. And then after the game, you'll have Al Lewis, Craig Hislop, you'll have Eric Franzen, and of course, the legendary Ryan Bohm will be in. Uh, will be joining for the postgame. Hey, I'm going to be uh, hanging out with Al down at Locker 42. Oh, cool. Now, I'm on. I'm not there till the later part. So if you try to get there early to the game, you won't see me there. Which, does it Which really is, matter? Okay, Are you trying fine. to like emphasize that you're you not going to be the there? game on time than... Oh, my God. But uh, if you're a straggler, you're a little late getting there, we'd love to see you if you stop by and say hi. Wow. Hey, sorry. Uh, it, it don't come until I'm there, which will be like the latter half. So wait for me, everybody. That's right. That's when it's most interesting. Wait for me, Eric Franson. <laughs> I'm RJ Salveson. Hey, good to have you all on 106.9 The Fan. Uh, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. You can also stream us if you are uh, if you need to do so. And find all our uh, previous shows and audio from uh, press conferences and more uh, on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Just type in the Full Court Press and you'll be able to find all the IG content that your beautiful heart desires. Okay, so um, we got a lot to get through today. We're going to do In the Know, focusing on Wyoming in the 5 o'clock hour. So next hour. Um, but... Uh, this hour, we have Utah State basketball to get through. We have Utah Jazz to get through. Uh, uh, by the way, are you doing a movie quiz? No, because you're going to be gone because you got to go head out and get audio for Utah State football. So, yeah. The movie quiz is kind of like dying on the vine. It's not dying. It's just that we're, we're both it's out been on doing hiatus stuff. for it like has a month. More than it should be. People miss me quoting the great Bruce Willis. People miss me quoting the great Denzel Washington. What sports movie did Bruce Willis do? And that's what they want me to do. They want Bruce Willis back in their lives. And you know what? You'll get that. And and maybe, maybe, just maybe because of Utah State's big win last night over Denver, they might get Craig Smith here from me. Captain Craig Smith. Oh, please, no. Yes, they, it's, that's it's okay. what the fans want. Nope. That is what the listeners It's okay need. if we don't hear from Captain Craig Smith. Whoa, dude, come on. The guy's a Twitter account. Be nice to him. Uh, if we read it silently in our minds without you doing it over the air, I think we'll be okay. I don't know what the problem is with me doing it over the air. I think the fans like it. Let's do a fan poll. Do you like it? I'm hearing unanimously yes. Uh, again, a lot to get. <laughs> don't give me that look. <laughs> A lot to get to here. Uh, I, I know we talked about it yesterday, um, but that that uh, the playoff rankings that came out. I was talking to a couple people after uh, who were listening to our show, 
And one of them is a quote-unquote Utah U expert. And he said this is actually his best position. I mean, he said that it finally hit him that Utah is actually this close to being in the playoff. If they can win out and take care of business in the Pac-12 championship and get some help along the way, which I believe that help is coming, they really have a chance to be in the playoff. They just have to win out. They control their own destiny to be in the playoff. Uh, I wouldn't use that term. If they have to hope that something else happens outside of their control, they do not control their own destiny. Well, it's going to happen. And An SEC championship to, game has to happen. Well, if they if they win out, I don't think that they still make the top four. I do. I'm kind of starting to think otherwise now. Because you, you'd have to hope that Georgia, Alabama... Georgia plays... And, and granted, they're going to play each other. There's going to be some things happening at LSU. And there'll be a SEC championship game. But there's a lot of things outside of the Utes' control that have to happen that I still don't think a Pac-12 team gets in the top four. I still think... I mean, I, I, I didn't think because that before when LSU, we were on the air last night. After, I was like, oh, yeah, we actually do have a shot. I, I think it's still very possible that you have two teams from the SEC in the top four. Hmm. Clemson takes one of those, which you know, they haven't really played anybody, but they're still undefeated, and they're in the ACC. And I think um, I think Ohio State, or just generally speaking, the Big Ten champion takes the other one. Again, your top four for the uh, for the ranking, at least for week two, goes like this: It is LSU at number one, Ohio State number two, Clemson number three, Georgia's number four, Bama at five, Oregon six, Utah seven. Georgia plays Auburn. At Auburn this week, is that correct? I believe I'm not mistaken. I'm clicking here, finding out. Georgia uh, yeah. and Auburn, yes. At Auburn this week, if Auburn gets to win over the Georgia, that knocks Georgia completely out of the race. Does that bump Alabama up though? Is the question to get back into the four spot? And for some, that's where they are a little bit irritated that Georgia could lose that quickly. They may be back up there that quickly. Uh. Also of new note in uh, the world of college football, how about this? Uh, the Buckeyes Chase Young, who was suspended for four games, has now had his suspension for Ohio State, the star defensive lineman, had his suspension reduced to two games now after the uh, committee reviewed it and said, you know what, It's we understand the situation. We're still going to suspend you, but we're going to take that from four to two. If you remember, Young said of last week's game against Maryland, and he'll miss this Saturday's game uh, at Rutgers after he admitted last week that he accepted a loan last year from someone he described as a family friend, but he also repaid it in full. Now, good for Chase Young, Eric, but here's my problem. Yoli Childs did almost the exact same thing, realized the situation, wanted to come forth clean, as did the university. They did, and they still suspended him nine games. They appealed it and lost the appeal. Where's the consistency Meanwhile, in this, man? Meanwhile, in Memphis, you have a player who received thousands of dollars of benefit moving costs, um, and Memphis is saying, we're going to fight this. And they're playing him right now, and aren't they? he's still playing. Yeah, he's still playing. The NCAA said he's ineligible, and Memphis said, eh. Ineligible this. Take that, 
NCAA. It's a now real- it may still come back to haunt them and come back to bite them a little bit here, but uh, self-reporting and uh, just letting the NCAA do whatever—that's. I, I hate to say it, but why would you? And if they uh, launched an investigation, um, and, and started to—if they had a report that there was maybe some impropriety. Uh, I would fight it because they're so inconsistent. True. Um, but it's classic NCAA. They'll go and come down hard on a mid-level or low-level school program. But if it's a high level, they'll do some kind of a token, hey, don't do that anymore. Shake their finger at them and then turn their backs and walk away. Yeah, frustrating to say the least. I think for BYU fans, they're, they're pretty livid about this situation, as they should be, with without a doubt. Um, and and really... But I mean, that BYU basketball program is not without fault. I mean, with Nick Emery, uh, and then it followed up with Yoli Childs. I mean, there were it, there was hey, already but, a spotlight on But Nick Emery was on his own. That wasn't BYU. It was, but it was a player in that situation, in the program... And so the NCAA already had their eye on them. And you have another player do something that he wasn't supposed to, quote-unquote, air quotes, according to the letter of the law. And so they're going to say, hey, this is becoming a pattern. I think that played into it. Yeah, it... I guess I see both ways of it. It just annoys me that there's inconsistency from the NCAA on decision-making. And they're playing favorites. And by the way, North Carolina made up a bunch of classes to be able to help their students get in, get through them, and not a word. Yeah, not a, nothing. N- not a word. That's what, and that actually extremely bothers me too, coming to think about it, is the, is that they're saying hush on that, and, and they almost kind of swept it under the rug. Uh, all right, let's get back into, uh, we'll stay in the college world, and we'll actually go more local. Let's talk Utah State basketball. Last night, they get a dominating, throttling win over Denver, there uh, and into that, uh, there are some fans that are upset that they're winning by so much. Um, Seriously, let, let's let's. There do, are fans that are upset that Utah State is dominating. Let's get this really quickly out of the way. If you are one of those fans, I want you to do me a favor right now, okay? If the tickets are nearby you, I want you to put them in your hand, okay? And then I want you to close your eyes. And then think of a think of a Samuel three pointer. I want you to stretch your arm out as far as possible in front of you. I want you to bottle your fingers and your hand up into a fist. And then I want you to think about a coast to coast dunk by Barstow. Alright? And now I want you to really close your fist tight. Close it tight. Keep holding your tickets. And now I want you to think about a steal from Brito, an outlet to Brock Miller, and a transition three from deep. And then I want you to take your fist and swing it straight up your face. (laughs) I want you to just deck yourself in the face and realize how pathetically dumb you are. Who who would give away... I'm sorry. This can't be true, can it? I'm bored because my team's winning by so much. Well, guess, go give your tickets to somebody who's not going to complain and who would actually appreciate such great talent on the floor. 
I want you to deck yourself right in the face really hard. Punch yourself. And that is how bad you should feel. That is how dumb you look right now. You are punching yourself in the face. First it was metaphorically, now it is literally. And that makes me happy. We could see a few more games like that. You will. This it, team is that good. Uh, and that's awesome. Final score. Like last... I said before earlier, and I said this the other night, you go, you should be going to watch your team and their own excellence or, or cheer on the team that you follow. If you're going because of what the matchup might look like alone or who's coming into the building for that one night, sure, you're there. Okay, that's great. Can't fault you for that. But, no, I will. You shouldn't go. But sir, don't, don't be complaining that Utah State is winning by such a large margin. Final score last night, Denver uh, falls to Utah State. Or, I, sorry, Utah State sneaks by Denver, 97-56. <laughs> sneaks by. Uh, they're led by... Uh, no, they court- get by. It's right? Sof- <laughs> a complaint we hear sometimes. They're led the by sophomore guard. Of course, Brock Miller had a career night, 27 points. Uh, was incredible from deep. In fact, he uh, he had... Uh, he went 10 of... Sorry, 7... Of 15 from deep. He was 10 of 19. All of those are career highs. Attempts, makes from both the field and from deep. Uh, Pioneers fall to 1 and 3. Of course, Utah State improves to 3 and 0. Uh, Miller's 7 threes are tied for 6 most in school history, and his 15 attempts are tied for the third most in school history as well. Brock Miller, dude, he was just, at one point, he's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to pull up from the New York Life logo. <laughs> Let's just see what happens. Uh, I was. That's what I was most pleased about. We've seen stretches. I don't think we've seen a full, complete game from Brock Miller. We've seen stretches where he looks good. But that was awesome. Uh, his game last night is what I have been hoping for, that Utah State could have a weapon like that, that um, can hit outside like that consistently and from deep. And we know that he's had that potential, but man, it was fun and it was awesome to see him doing it last night. Yeah, that was incredible. Alongside Justin Bean, he also grabbed a career high tying 15 boards. Uh, Utah State on the glass, 50 to 25. They also had 23 assists, five by Sam uh, and Abel Porter each on 32 made baskets. 23 assists on 32 made baskets. The first half, the ball was just popping, right? Wasn't sticking to anybody. It was moving. You saw screens, backdoor cuts. It was incredible. When that ball moves with as talented of an offense as they have, they're unbeatable. They're unbeatable, especially when they're hitting shots, including from Brock Miller. Yeah, Brock Brock was fantastic. Seven three-point shots made, uh, 10 for 19 overall. Uh, he, but he wasn't just that. I mean, he was active, like you said, in other areas, just the way that this team concept is. Four boards, three assists. Um, so I, I particularly really enjoyed that uh, because that was, I think that's been something that hasn't always been there. Hopefully we see more of this and it's a little more consistent and it's not just a one-off game. Um, he certainly has that ability. I know he's been working on that a lot in the offseason to be more consistent from beyond the arc. But if they have that weapon, wow. It's awesome. awesome. The other thing, too, 
Alfonso Anderson continues to impress coming uh, off the bench. You just took the words out of my mouth. Yep. Boy, he is, I mean, he's Mr. Steady. I mean, to be able to have a guy come off the bench and just be in control at every moment he has the ball or any moment he's on the court is, is just great. And especially coming into Utah State. Uh, he's just, and he's a big body guy. He's just, he's so in control when he has the ball. That's what amazes me so much. A guy of that size can be in that in control and dribbling. Well, and is also his defensive impact. Yep. Uh, four steals on the night. Uh, I thought he was disruptive. So, yeah, great. Uh, uh, with he and Diogo coming off the bench, man, that's an awesome one-two punch. Utah State led at half 53-27. By the way, that means... Wait, is that true? They didn't leave 53-27. Oh, yeah, they did. By the way, so with that, coupled with the Weber State game where they led 48-13, they have led 101-40 to between those two games. 101 to 40. Yeah, half. It's impressive. That's just mind-boggling. Now, their, Crazy. Se- their second half was a little bit sloppy. I mean, there were some turnovers unnecessarily. There was some bad defense at times, un- really dumb fouls at times. Uh, but when you're up by 30, it's not going to affect you. And, and by the way, we still have... Ted is still not on the court. In fact, he won't be on the court for Monday night either, as far as we know. Um, no timetable on his return. And if there is, Coach Smith isn't going to just be like, all right, Cat is coming back. This is the date. He'll, uh, he'll keep that close to the vest. But I guess what I'm trying to get at is how deep this team is, even without Keta playing yet. Yeah. they Well, they haven't run up against a team that has really good big men where that position will be tested a lot. Probably not till Florida. And uh, yeah, I was going to say, it may still be a while before they do. So why rush him back? Make sure he's fully healthy, full range of motion, no pain. You, won't, you don't want to rush him back now in these against teams where. Oh, no, it's not even you, necessary. You got everybody else that can take care of some things. But get him ready for when it really matters. Yeah, it's not even necessary. Right now, Like you could throw in that second second starting lineup and they're going to win by 20 on Friday night. They will. They'll win by 20 on Friday night with the second starting lineup, to be honest with you. They could sit Sam, sit Abel, sit Brock, and sit Bean, and they'd still win handedly. That's how good this team is. Uh, Dever never led in this game. It was only tied for 47 seconds, and that was the first 47 seconds of this game. After that, this thing was a runaway. Um, and again, it, it's, it's just impressive. And by the way, speaking of impressive, um, point-wise, Aiden Murky had 14. Uh, is it Nevesky? No, it's like Nikowski or something. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he had 12. The more, like, for, through the first three games, the more we kind of get into the season, the more I'm impressed with that Harold Frey dude. To put up 34 against this defense. Guy's for real. Guy's a great player. Dude, he put up 34 versus them. And kept him in the game. Uh, Speaking of which, that Montana State game, uh, St. Mary's, right? Uh, They lose to Winthrop somehow. And then Evansville beats Kentucky last night. Uh, You see Florida lose to Florida State. What's really incredible is that Craig Smith is able to keep his team focused 
and not fall asleep during these, you know, games that are going to be, are going to have a little lackluster into it because it's not, it's not LSU. It's not Florida. It's not St. Mary's. It's not BYU. It's Denver. It's North Carolina A&T. It's UTSA. Now, the heavy hitting stuff starts next next Friday. But, I mean, to keep a team focused, and this focus is, is really impressive to me. So, that team they play on Monday, is that where people go to get licensed? You know, like, you become a, get your bachelor's degree in how to be uh, an airport security official? No, that would be... U- uh, University of TSA? That's the University of Phoenix. And they're, uh, I believe, you know, their online team, their video game team's undefeated. I don't know how their uh, their Quidditch team's doing. I had to check up on that. Mm, I bet they have a really good snitch. Yeah, I mean he he protects the he he protects the sack. That's for sure, and that that's his goal. Uh, <laughs> but again, I mean, and 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 back to the whole fans are complaining because the team's winning by so much. I'm serious. I want you to punch yourself in the face, and then I want you to realize what you said. And if you still feel that way, I want you to take your tickets and find somebody who can't go to the games because they don't have tickets and give them your tickets because you should not be in well, any of those seats. I'm sure their their frustration isn't with how good Utah State is, but how bad the opponents are. Like, why they, why is Utah State playing a team like this? And you know what? You should you should go ask Coach Eric Peterson, who called every team in the country to try to get anybody to play. In fact, they have uh, they've just put in two more games on the 10th and 28th of December. Versus non-Division 1 teams. Because that's what? all they could get. They'll play Saturday at 2 o'clock on December 8th, I believe. I gotta, I'm going to make sure of this so I don't lie to you guys. But yeah, they have two more games that have been announced. They're both home games, but they're not Division 1 opponents. And if I'm not mistaken, they actually get punished for that. Because the Jamaica, Mike, the Jersey Mike's Jamaica Tournament... They actually kind of screwed them over because they're supposed to help out in getting them two more home games, and they didn't. They never came through on their promise. So then Utah State got left to high and dry. So on December 10th, Tuesday night, they play St. Catherine. And then on December 28th, just three days after Christmas, uh, they will take on Eastern Oregon. That game will be Saturday at 2 o'clock. St. Catherine will be Tuesday at 7 p.m. Because Jamaica could not take care of their home schedule. And not to mention, you got to pay St. Catherine for coming in. Right, I'm sure they have to write a check for those teams to come play them. That's not, I mean, that's that's got to be incredibly frustrating. So just so you know, here's what the schedule looks like. It's going to be kind of a Hector-Kelter schedule based on what we, I mean, the amount of games going on. Friday, you have UT, or uh, excuse me, Friday you have North Carolina A&T at home, 7 o'clock. And then Saturday, you have a football game. Wyoming here, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Monday is UTSA at 7 o'clock again. And then they head on the road. Now, people are saying, well, you know, these are a lot of games and and it hurts my budget. And, you know, it is. It's true. It's expensive to buy tickets and then try to get to these three games or whatever. But I want you to think about this. They will not have, excuse me, they will have one Division I opponent come to the spectrum in the next eight games after that. They will not see another Division I opponent 
Oh, excuse me. They'll see one Division One opponent in the next eight-game span, that being Fresno State on December 7th. They won't have another one come to the spectrum until January 4th versus San Diego State. Wow. So you're saying enjoy it while you can. Yep. Yep. Absolutely, because they'll be in Jamaica for LSU North Texas, and then at St. Mary's, at San Jose State, then you got the Fresno State game on December 7th. St. Catherine is not a Division I school, if you haven't figured it out. Brigham Young is at Vivian Small Marina. Then they're in Houston for South Florida. They fly across the country for Florida. And then they get Eastern Oregon at home. That's not one. UNLV on the road. And then finally San Diego State on January 4th. So while you have it, enjoy it. All right, we got to take a break. Coming back, we'll uh, get into some Utah Jazz basketball. They get a win in an ugly, ugly way. But it's a win nonetheless. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press. Eric Franz and Amadre Salveson. On 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The new home for the full court press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Andre Salveson here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Utah State with a dominating win over Denver. They now they get ready for North Carolina AT&T, Ag- or AT&T. Jeez. AT&T Aggies coming up Friday night, 7 o'clock, and then Monday night versus UTSA, 7 o'clock again, before they head to Jamaica and get ready for North Texas and LSU. All right, uh, speaking of basketball last night, you know, it was interesting. I was... Of course, I was doing the Aggie stuff, and so I wasn't able to watch the Jazz game. Came home really late, and I didn't see the game, didn't record or anything, so I just, I, I got on a Twitter, and I started reading tweets, and I, I couldn't find the score, but all the treat, tweets I was reading on Twitter told me the, uh, that the Jazz had lost by 20. Every single one of them was just bashing the Jazz, and I thought, man, they must have got killed by the Nets. This is not good. And then I looked at the score, and I said, oh, that's nice. Joe trying to play pick and roll with Bradley. Comes off the pick, gets to the free throw line. Ball fakes now, gives it out to Moutier. Moutier drives on Claxton, puts his back to him. Fades back off the left foot, top spins it over the rim and in. It is a three-point game. Both teams have two timeouts left. We need that ball movement, David. Conley. 5 of 13 tonight. Drives, off-balance shot. Fouled and finishes. He'll buy it. He'll get one free. Tied at 109. Donovan off a Conley pick. Attacks Kyrie. Steps through the lane. Scores it. Tied at 112. Donovan Mitchell. Delay game on Utah. Get to Donovan. Minute 37 left. Donovan in the open floor. Bounces to Conley in the right corner. Bullets it down low to go. Bear what a catch and a finish. Jazz by two. Rudy Gobert catches Mike Conley's bullet. Above the traffic and lays it up and in. Oh, so the Jazz won. Okay. It's just Jazz fans freaking out for no reason. 119-114 is your final for Vivint Smart Home Arena last night. Uh, Nets fall to 4-6 and six overall. Jazz improved to 8-3 and three on the season. Uh, Bogdanovich had 12 points. He was 5-13 from the field. Royce O'Neal, uh, a very quiet 8 points. 2-3 from the field, 2-3 from deep. 
Uh, Rudy Gobert, 8-10 from the field. Another solid night for him in 38 minutes of basketball with his legs dragging late in the fourth quarter. 15 boards and 18 points. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, 13-26. He had 30. He was 0-5 from deep. Perfect from the charity stripe uh, for 4-4 and had six boards. Uh, but the big story last night was the bench. And when I speak of the bench, I speak of uh, Eric Moutier and Jeff Green, who Jeff Green had 13 on 4-9 shooting, 3-5 of five from deep. And Eric Moutier, 4-8 of eight from the field, 7-8 of eight from the line. He had 15 points. Uh, George Yang uh, did not play uh, last night. That was a coach's decision. Everyone else got minutes. Green, Ingles, Bradley, uh, and of course, as I said, Moutier. You know, this, this Jazz team has really had to, you know, find ways to grit through this 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 tough portion of the schedule. And it's only tough because, you know, last year in these situations, Jazz lose these games, right? Jazz probably lose to Milwaukee after blowing a 25-point lead. They lose, definitely lose last night's game on a back-to-back and their legs dragging. Um, and just a really sluggish start. And, and, and give credit, uh, of course, to, to the Nets. I mean, Kyrie Irving was... Kyrie Irving, he had 27 on 10 of 30 shooting, but he was 2 of 12 from three-point land, and he only had five assists. But, again, he kept him, he kept his team in it late. Uh, again, Mitchell had 30, Gobert had 18 and 15, and, and then Mike Conley also had a, uh, 18. Having Mike Conley on the court as an aggressive scorer spaces out that court so much and in so many ways. It gives them options. It gives Ingles and Bogdanovich room in the corner. It gives Donovan Mitchell to do more things off the ball, right? It just it opens up so many opportunities for this offense and for the Jazz, what we are all hoping to see. For the Nets, Spencer Dinwiddie, he had 21 off the bench. DeAndre Jordan had 15 and a season-high 17 rebounds. But again, it was, and, and people kind of knew it was coming that even after the Golden State game where a, a chunk of their starters played uh, 30 plus minutes, right? Because Golden State kind of, you know, they, they, they pushed Utah to an extent, you know, to the limit. So for the Jazz, they, of course, were exhausted. They traveled from Golden State, come home, and just couldn't find, couldn't find the energy. And you thought this, I mean, they, were, they trailed by 15 in the uh, at half. And then, of course, Utah went on that 10-2 run. In fact, they actually opened the third quarter on a 13-0 run. Um, And then during that span, the Nets went four minutes without scoring. Uh, Irving, I guess Kyrie broke out of the drought with a couple of back-to-back layups. And and he he also hit hit a sweet jumper, too, to to end, uh, or not really end the drought, but just kind of put a dent into the run that Utah had made. Um, But... Again, it's it's just finding the energy and finding ways to win when last year without scores like Bogdanovich and without Conley, there's no way they last. I mean, this game's probably a 22-point blowout. I mean, at halftime, Utah was shooting just 40% from the field. At halftime, they were 1 of 13 from deep. Now flip the page. In the second half, they shot 53% from the field and went 5 of 13 from outside. Not Great, but definitely better. But it took him a while to wake up. That's <laughs> that's for sure. It, it, it took him a uh, a good while to wake up. Again, your final score: one nineteen, one fourteen at Vimeo Swim Arena.
Utah Jazz improved to 8-3 and three on the season. And they now get ready to uh, head to Memphis to face the Grizzlies uh, before coming back home on Monday to play Minnesota. Uh, that game against the Grizzlies will not be on our uh, radio broadcast released on this station because, of course, Skyview football will be taking place in their uh, state semifinal game. So no jazz on this station on Friday. We'll have them on Monday at 7 o'clock. Wednesday, they're at Minnesota. We'll also have the game. And then Friday at 7 o'clock, they, they host Golden State, but we'll find out what time the state championship game is, and if Skyview's in it, they'll, of course, take precedence over anything else, and you'll be able to hear the Bobcats on this very station here on 106.9 FM. Uh, looking around the NBA, also another big game last night, and that was the uh, Lakers and Suns. Uh, the Suns are a surprising team uh, so far this year. Uh, and uh, hosting LA at home, the atmosphere actually the atmosphere rocks with some high, which was pretty cool. Uh, but in the end, one twenty three, one fifteen, Lakers find a way to to get out of Phoenix and, and with a win, uh, improves to eight and two on the season. And they played tonight, by the way, as they host Golden State. Phoenix falls to six and four. Uh, they're four and three at home. Uh, LeBron was just remarkable. Uh, Anthony Davis, who, by the way, is sitting out tonight because he's having some more problems with that irritated shoulder. Uh, he has, in 38 minutes, 9-17 from the field, 24 points and 12 boards, 4 assists, 2 steals, 1 block. LeBron, in 37 minutes, had 19 points, 11 assists, 7 rebounds, and both Davis and James combined for just 2 turnovers. Kuzma was pretty good himself, 23 points, 9-16 of shooting, 3-6 from deep. Uh, Dwight Howard in 12 minutes had, uh, or excuse me, had 12 points in 20 minutes. Rondo finally getting himself back into it. He had five points. 123-115 Lakers over the Suns. And, and just in those, in that fourth quarter when they really needed a bucket, it was James who took, kind of just took control of the game. Uh, he had the big three, a step over three over Aaron Baines. Um, he had the big end, one bucket, two going to the hoop. Him and Anthony Davis together, watching him on the court, man, they're nearly unstoppable. They had quarters of 34 and 35 in the second and third, respectively. Again, 123-115, Lakers win that one. Uh, Tonight, we've got uh, actually a couple of good games. You have the Lakers and Golden State. Well, I guess that was supposed to be a good game. That's that's changed changed directions in a heartbeat. Golden State 2-9. That game's going to be on ESPN at 8 o'clock. And then, of course, on ESPN, Clippers at the Rockets. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. And, by the way, there is a small chance that Paul George could play tonight. If not, he'll play, uh, I believe, is it tomorrow that they play? Let me look at the schedule here really quickly. Sorry, I'm just doing this on the fly. They got the Rockets tonight. Paul George is a game-time decision. And then, after which, they would have tomorrow. So, yeah, they play tonight and tomorrow at New Orleans. And if George plays tomorrow, I wonder if Leonard plays tomorrow, too, or if they sit Leonard out to get him that load management rest. But, I, in, in fact, I think it's likely they do. At Houston tonight, you know it's going to be a draining game just because Russell Westbrook, James Harden on one side, and then you, and, and if Paul George does play, um, then it just... There's no need, I guess, in for the Clippers, in their brain trust, I would say, I'm kind of putting myself in their situation, no need to play Kawhi Leonard versus a really bad New Orleans squad. 
So again, that game is at 5.30. Wow, early game here there on ESPN. 5.30 on ESPN, Houston and the Clippers. Uh, really impressed with what Houston's done so far. Um, can it last, though? The question, and, and that is the question, is can it last with their chemistry between Westbrook and, um, and, and James Harden? So far, it's looked good. They're 7-3 and three on the season. And sorry, I'm just looking at reports right now, and I'm reading that he should be available tonight. Again, that's not official, but he there's rumor that he could be playing tonight. It's a game time decision, is what I've read. If not, to, if not tonight, he'll for sure be playing tomorrow versus the New Orleans Pelicans. And again, I don't don't think Kawhi Leonard would play. I'd be stunned. If Kawhi Leonard played tomorrow night, there's just no way with their load management. And speaking of load management, I know we've talked about it already, but I just it's best for the players, it's best for teams. It's kind of where the things rule now, right? With 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 the way the season is, still 82 games. Yeah, they've lessened the four games in five nights. Yes, they've lessened back and back back to back games. But if it's, I mean, just plan on this: that if it's a road away game. On a back-to-back, Kawhi's going to sit the road game. If it's a road home on a back-to-back, Kawhi's going to sit the road game. If it's a home-and-home back-to-back, he could play. There's a good chance that he could play. But that's that's not guaranteed, especially with this Clippers and the way they're doing it. And, and it takes Kawhi Leonard out of the MVP conversation. That no matter how good he plays in that 60-66 to 66 game span that he plays... That he wouldn't be an MVP candidate, and he shouldn't be. You can't play half a season and expect to be in the MVP race. Too many other good players in the league, too many other good players in the Western Conference. There's just no way. Uh, don't forget our in the node today will be uh, in, the, in the 5 o'clock hour on the Wyoming Cowboys who come to you, uh, Logan at uh, 2 o'clock. On Saturday afternoon, get your tickets at utahstateaggies.com or at the ticket office uh, at Utah State. We'll have Davis Star, or excuse me, not Davis Star. <laughs> we'll have Davis from the Star Tribune. Uh, he'll he'll join us. It's a pre-recorded interview because he had to get to Wyoming practice, so we did a pre-recorded interview with him, Eric and I did, and he'll give you a. His thoughts on this Wyoming team, that heartbreaking loss in overtime to Boise State on Saturday night, and why they're so concerned about being a one-dimensional team in the running game, even though the running game is so good. you also hear from Jacoby Wildman. You'll hear from Coach Bull. You'll hear from Coach Anderson. We have all sorts of audio where you'll be hearing very little of us and a lot of them, which is what this show is about, right? You'd rather hear from the people who are... Uh, who are a part of it, not just talking about it. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, uh, I want to look at this this uh, Kaepernick situation um, where Colin Kaepernick is going to be holding a workout on Saturday afternoon in Atlanta where he will have, um, he will have a on-field workout as well as an interview, and then that interview and workout will be sent to all 30 30- two teams in the NFL and uh, and they're going to, you know, they'll dissect it and decide if they want to give this guy at least a tryout. 
one player doesn't like it. We'll tell you who and why. That's all coming up here. I'm Audrey Salves on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Paul J. Salveson here on the Full Court Press. Colin Kaepernick's going to be doing a workout on Saturday afternoon in Atlanta. The following teams will be in attendance, or at least rumored to be in attendance. Miami Dolphins, Detroit Lions, Atlanta Falcons, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. John O'Reilly told a local uh, news station in Denver that the Broncos will be represented. The Washington Redskins spokesman said that an organization that their organization would be there. Dallas Cowboys have also planned to be in attendance as well. So you're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams in attendance. Now Eric Reed, who is the safety for the Carolina Panthers, him and Colin used to be uh, teammates. In fact, he was the first one to start taking a knee with Colin Kaepernick during the National Anthem. He's not a fan of this. And here's his comments as to why. It feels like the same play from the NFL. It feels disingenuous. They told Colin that he has the opportunity and that uh, the league will send representatives from his team. But it's a Saturday before game. Teams are traveling on Saturdays. What head coach or GM is going to be able to make this trip? Um, but as far as I know, Colin's going to be there and he's going to perform because I know he's right. What is he? he feels like it's a PR stunt. That Look, if they really wanted him out there, and they wanted him to have a chance to show himself and showcase himself in front of teams. Why would you do it on a Saturday when teams are going to be traveling or getting ready the day before a football game? He says that doesn't make any sense to him. Now, Eric Reed continues to kneel during the anthem, but he's been signed by a team, Colin Kaepernick, while quarterbacks like Sam Darnold, <laughs> uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'll put on that list. Uh, Joe Flacco, Brock Os- Brock Osweiler, I- I- all these quarterbacks who just flat out are bad at football are getting a chance. Colin Kaepernick has not. Now, Reed had signed uh, a one-year deal with the Panthers uh, late last year. Uh, I believe it was in September. Uh, it was worth up like three years and $24 million. But some say that, look, he hasn't played football in how long? Why would we all of a sudden want to get a guy who's probably out of football shape? And that's why, he was, that's why he's doing his tryout. It's because he wants to prove that he's not. That he still has it. Now the former Nevada Wolfpack guy, he um, has told multiple, I guess, sources, if you will, that he thinks he'll get a phone call by the end of next week of a team having interest in him. Now, there are some teams who have said, hey, you know what? Maybe we'll look into this guy for next year. Not this season, but next season. 
And Colin said, no, that, that's, that's not why, I, no, that's not happening. He thinks he'll get that interest and get it immediately. He all, Eric Reed also mentioned to the media that, hey, look, they, I mean, that teams are calling the league that they have interest in Colin before even calling Colin's rep, representatives. That they're calling the league, and that's what makes him so feel fishy about this. Why would you call the league instead of just calling Colin's representatives and say, hey, look, we have interest in your guy? Are they asking for permission? Are they asking if there's a punishment with that? Again, this uh, workout is on Saturday. Now, and here's the other thing. Would Colin let media into this? Like, cameras and such go into this and, and film his workout? I mean, if you want that attention, why not, right? Be crazy not to. Again, this Saturday in Atlanta, Colin Kaepernick, 32 years old now, by the way, is uh, is going to get a workout uh, in front of some NFL teams. And uh, supposedly there is a lot of interest in uh, this workout on Saturday afternoon. So that should be interesting Monday morning. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Ollie Salveson here with one minute left remaining in the first hour of the Full Court Press on a Wednesday, November 13th. Aggie gets to win last night for men's basketball. Go to 3-0. They play Friday night. Aggie football on Saturday. Aggie men's basketball on Monday night. Back and forth we go. I love it. By the way, Aggie women's team is playing Oregon today. Number one team in the country who beat Team USA. The women's squad. So, uh, good luck to the Aggie women's team in that. Hey, by the way, Adam Sheffler just tweeted this out. Several executives with teams have reached out as a courtesy to Colin Kaepernick's representatives saying they couldn't attend Saturday's workout and were confused by the purpose of the NFL scheduling this workout. Well, duh. I'm also hearing report or seeing a report from Chris Haynes saying that Paul George will be playing tomorrow night. Second hour coming up here on the Full Court Press. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Cheating has happened in baseball for a very long time. Players and managers always looking for that edge, whether it's a spitball or a corked bat or PEDs. You can't write the history of the sport without discussing its transgressions. And the latest accusation involves the Houston Astros. Former Astros pitcher Mike Fiers told The Athletic the team was stealing signs. Now, nothing fancy. They had a camera on the opposing catcher. They'd try to figure out the signs. And when they did, they'd make a loud noise to alert the hitter that a certain pitch was coming, sometimes by banging on a trash can. Honestly, you might expect more out of the Astros. They have a reputation of being technologically advanced. At least the Red Sox used Apple Watches when they were cheating. It's a serious story, though, because Houston did win the World Series during the time of the accusations. But don't act like this never happens. Cheating at some level, both big and small, happens all the time. The Astros just got caught. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. 